0: but I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, I want to share three reasons why I don't recommend that parents use punishments to deal with challenging behaviors. So this episode comes after last week's episode on rewards, where I realized I have not actually done a whole episode on punishments. And I talk a lot about it, but I wanted to break it down for you in terms of three main reasons why we want to try to move away from punishments. So in order to really get on board with this shift away from punishments, because again, this is how all of us were raised. We were raised with timeouts or spankings, taking away TV or privileges, being grounded. This was normal parenting when we were growing up. And I would argue it actually is still pretty pervasive. So how do we then move away from that when it is what we know? Well, We shift our mindset, right? If we look at behavior, again, I mentioned this last week, but I think it bears repeating. I think a lot of times we need to hear these things a lot of times for them to really sink in. But last week I mentioned when I was talking about rewards that we really have to see behavior differently. If we see behavior as the whole problem and we're responding to that behavior, then we miss everything that's happening underneath that behavior that's causing that behavior to happen. We miss the unmet need. We miss the missing skill. We miss out on our child's experience that if we were to get curious about that and pay attention to that, we're actually going to shift things in more of a longer term and meaningful and connected way. So for example, let's say you take your child to the store and your child sees a toy that she really wants. And she is just very focused on getting this toy. And you say, oh, sorry, toy's not in the plans today. We can't do that. And she starts to have a meltdown in the middle of the store. She's screaming, crying, maybe hitting you. And if you see that moment as bad behavior, a sign that you are failing as a parent, because if you were a better parent, you'd be able to control this. If you see that as her failing, that something's wrong with her or that You haven't been hard enough on her because she's doing this to you in the middle of the store. If you see it that way, you're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel ineffective. You're probably going to feel embarrassed and like everybody's watching you and maybe a little stuck. Like, what do you do in that moment? Right? But if you see that moment through the lens of behavior is communication and all I have to do is allow the feeling and hold my boundary. And I can get curious about why this is happening later. If you see it that way, then you're going to understand this is a kid who really wants this toy and doesn't have a better way to express that disappointment. This is a kid who maybe had her emotional water pitcher already almost full to the tippy top and this was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back and that water's just going to come flowing out. You might be thinking, oh, it's close to nap time or she's hungry. All of those things can play into this meltdown and if you see it that way, you're going to have so much more compassion for your child, you're going to have more compassion for yourself and you're going to show up confidently in that moment. You're going to be able to say, I hear you, you really want the toy. I remember doing this and it's funny because the first time my child melted down in public, I had not shifted my mindset to where I was really looking at behavior as communication and I was so embarrassed. I was so mad. I was like, why are you doing this to me? You know? And it was horrible. I remember going home and it felt like I had this emotional hangover from the whole experience. I just felt like a terrible mom because we got in the car and I just yelled at him and I was like, why did you do that? He's like a toddler, but I didn't understand. Fast forward to maybe a year later, I had really done a lot of work on my mindset as a parent and my understanding of what was happening for him in these hard moments. And we were at a store and he really wanted this dump truck. And I said, yeah, we're not going to get the dump truck today. I know that's really disappointing. And I remember just like hugging him. He was sitting in the shopping cart and I was just like hugging him and holding him. And we were just sitting there and he was wailing. And I was going, I know, buddy, I hear you. And in that moment, I probably had tons of people looking at me. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? I wasn't aware of whether or not people were looking at me because I was just in the moment with my child. I was confident, I knew what he needed and I knew I could give it to him. And I knew that what he needed wasn't for me to go, oh yeah, sure. Okay. You can get the truck, right? I held my boundary and I stayed with him and I just held space. And sure enough, we left the store and he was moved on. I wasn't angry when we got in the car. I felt good about myself when we got in the car. And so this is what I mean when I say shifting our mindset as parents. If you have not downloaded my free guide, Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way That Feels Good, go grab your copy now. It's at RaisedResilient.com forward slash mindset. It's totally free. And this guide will give you the major mindset shifts that I had to make to get from public meltdown A to public meltdown B. And truly, like I don't stress about these moments anymore. I really don't. That doesn't mean they're not still hard. That doesn't mean I don't still have to pour into myself after I deal with these things, but I don't sit in the store and go, oh my gosh, why is my child doing this to me? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with him? I don't go to that place anymore. And that feels so good. And I want that for you. So grab your copy of this guide and work on starting to shift your mindset. It doesn't happen overnight, right? And that's why this guide is helpful because you can look at it. You can refer to it and you can sort of Go back to it when you need it. And I think that's really key because, again, I think we do need to hear these things more than just once, right? So, this all really sets the stage well to talk about punishments because if we feel like it is our job as parents to control our child's behavior, then we are going to be stuck feeling like, okay, well, there's only a couple ways to do that. I can reward or I can punish, right? In operant conditioning, behavioral science, that is the gold standard. But that only makes sense as an approach. If you see the behavior as the be all end all and what we know as parents who are trying to do things differently, to really see our whole child and to see ourselves as whole people with needs, we're not just looking at that behavior, that behavior is the tip of of a very big iceberg, and underneath the water, there are unmet needs, skills our kids haven't developed yet, hungry, tired, stressed out kids with emotional water pitchers that needed to overflow a little bit, and we can understand that. We can get curious about which of those things matters for our child in that moment, and then we can try to figure out, okay, how do I meet that need? How do I teach that skill? You're not going to do it in the heat of a moment, right? But you are going to start to figure out how do I actually take care of the stuff underneath the water that you can't see? Before we jump into the three reasons I don't recommend that parents use punishments, I want to just quickly differentiate for you the differences between a punishment, a boundary, and a consequence. Okay, so a punishment is something that is intended to cause pain, or negative feelings so that we stop doing a behavior that is unwanted. Okay, so let's take hitting. If we are punishing our kids, we are actually trying to cause them to feel something unpleasant. And the point of that is to deter them from ever hitting again. So that's a punishment. A consequence is a little bit different. A consequence is just Whatever happens as a result of your action or your choice, everything we do in life has consequences, positive and negative, but everything we do in life has consequences. And so when we approach our kids with consequences instead of punishments, let's take that same behavior, hitting, but instead of saying, okay, now you lose your iPad because you hit, we might say, I'm going to help you take a little break. This happened literally last night in our house right after dinner. My middle kiddo, five years old, was just really struggling to be with his brother and sister. He was really overwhelmed and had too much sensory input and just he needed a break and he was hitting. And so my husband went in and helped him stop. He said, I'm going to help you take a break from the playroom. It seems like it's a little too exciting to be in here right now. And so he picked him up. And he helped him stop because he had offered him the chance to walk out on his own and he was struggling. So he picked him up, helped him stop, came out, co-regulated with him, and then said, listen, whenever you're ready, you can go back. So we weren't trying to cause him harm in that moment. We were just saying, hey, when we hit, if we're not able to stop, even when parents are helping us, we're going to take a little break and calm our body. And then we can go back. So the consequence there is that if we're not being safe, we can't stay in an unsafe situation. So another example here would be throwing sand. If your child throws sand and you punish, that might look like, okay, no TV for the rest of the day because you threw sand. The consequence there would be, I can't let you throw sand. If we throw sand, I'm going to help you stop playing in the sandbox. We're going to take a little break and then we can come back and try again later. So that's a consequence as differentiated from a punishment. And then a boundary, and I did a whole episode on boundaries many, many episodes ago. It's one of the first, I think it was maybe episode eight or nine. So go check that out if you haven't yet, but a boundary is a little different. A boundary is something that we, as the parent can do or follow through on. So that's the, I won't let you part. So when we're using consequences, we are often combining them with a boundary. I see it's hard to stop throwing sand. I'm going to help you take a break. I can't let you hit your brother. It's you actually stepping in and stopping that behavior. So a boundary is not, please stop throwing sand, don't hit your brother. We don't hit. Hands aren't for hitting. Those are not boundaries. Those are requests. Those are statements, but those are not boundaries. So effective consequences typically have a boundary plus the consequence, if that makes sense. Because I think a lot of times parents are like, well, how do you get kids to stop doing the thing? Well, a lot of times the fact that they're doing the thing tells us they don't have the impulse control and the skills to not do the thing. So they often do need our help in those moments, and that help isn't punitive like, I'm taking you out of here and now you've lost the ability to be in there. It's, I'm gonna help you, it's collaborative. So with that groundwork laid, let's jump into the three reasons I don't recommend that parents use punishments. The first one is that it erodes the connection you have with your child when you use punishments. Think about it, if you are actively setting out To cause your child to feel something unpleasant in the name of trying to control their behavior or to get a behavior to stop, that's not going to feel good for the parent-child relationship. That's not going to make your child feel connected to you. And I talked a lot about this in the episode on listening, getting your child to listen, but it's really important if we want our kids to generally comply with our requests and we want them to accept our help and we want things to feel less power struggling, the connection's always the answer. We've got to come back to that connection we've built with our child. That is so, so important. It is the cornerstone of everything we do as parents. And so if we punish our kids, we actively are causing them harm. We are choosing to cause them harm. And they know this. Kids are so smart. They get it. And what they feel in that moment is not, got it. Okay, hitting, I shouldn't do. So I'm going to think next time before I hit. If your child could think before your child hit, then they wouldn't hit in the first place. And it's really important to remember this. But Our kids' brains are wired to be connected to us. Simply from a survival perspective, our kids need us. They need to be in proximity to us and they need to be in our good graces. And they know this and they are wired to please us. Our kids don't want to be doing behaviors that make us mad. Our kids don't want to be doing things that makes them feel like they've lost our love. So... We have to assume that if a kid is hitting, if a kid is kicking, if a kid is not listening to you after you've asked 10 times, that kid is doing the best they can in that moment. Again, to quote Dr. Ross Green, kids do well when they can and kids are wired to do well and to please us. We have to understand that we have to internalize that because that is fact based on Decades of attachment research and brain science. So we know that our kids want to please us, and yet they're still doing these things that cause us to feel frustrated, things that are undesirable. And so when we punish those things, our kid doesn't hear, got it, got it, got it. I have to think before I act next time. Again, if your child was capable of that, they would. No, what your child hears and believes is, I am bad. That shame takes over. Punishments cause kids to feel shame. I am bad. Not hitting is bad. I am bad because I hit. Because again, if our kids could do better, they would. It's hard for them to separate the behavior from the person. And when we punish, we kind of reinforce this idea that, yeah, you are bad. You know, and I'm going to make you feel pain. I'm going to make you regret that you did that. That's not what we want for our kids. That is not the sort of thing that is going to build the foundation that's ultimately going to make parenting feel better for you and your child. And that's the whole goal here, right? So when we punish, we put our kids into this mindset of shame and not only does shame make kids feel like they're bad and question, am I lovable when I do this? Does my parents still love me when I do this thing? But we also can't learn anything when we're in a place of shame. So even after the fact, shame persists. And when your child starts to integrate shame into their self-concept, it's very hard for a child to learn any new skills. And so that behavior is going to keep coming up, not just because you're not meeting the need, we're going to talk about that next, but also because you've created an atmosphere of shame. So punishments erode the connection that you've worked so hard to build with your child. They make your child feel shame and they ultimately make it harder then for you to see behavior change. So that's the first reason is that punishments erode that connection that is at the cornerstone of everything we're trying to build. The second reason that I don't recommend that parents use punishments is because punishments ultimately are not effective. Not in the long run. And it's funny because anytime I post anything about this on Instagram, I get a lot of pushback. I get people saying, punishments sure are effective. You know, I, they, they made me stop doing this as a kid or my kid doesn't do this anymore. Well, here's the thing. Again, if we look at behavior as the tip of the iceberg, when we use a punishment we are causing our child to white knuckle through whatever missing skill or impulse they couldn't regulate or unmet need. They're white knuckling through that and they're not getting the need met. So here they are, they still have this unmet need. They still have this missing skill. They still have this impulse that they don't know how to regulate, but maybe the next time they white knuckle through that moment, through that feeling. And so then they don't hit. But what happens over time is that unmet need, that missing skill, it's still there. And what you end up doing is playing a game of behavioral whack-a-mole. Like just picture yourself whacking, hitting, and now you're whacking, kicking and spitting. And eventually these behaviors might not be externalized. They might be internalized. Your child might deal with depression, anxiety, a feeling like nobody loves them or that they are not valuable. And these are not necessarily conscious beliefs, so you might not see that in your child. If you ask them, they might not tell you, yeah, I feel like I'm not valuable. But I want you to think back to your own childhood. Some of you might recognize some of these feelings in yourself, that when our needs are not met over and over and over, our parents just punish and play whack-a-mole with our behaviors. We start to develop this sense that I must be bad. I must not have value. Something must be wrong with me because my parent keeps getting so angry with me. And then we never got the co-regulation and the skill development that we needed to actually make change. So again, if you've used punishments in the past, join the club. I think we've all had those moments where we're like, no TV tonight. I still sometimes threaten that and then have to take a step back. My kids know I don't want to punish. And so they know if I say something like that, they'll go, mommy, we don't use punishments. And I'll take a step back and I say, you're absolutely right. I am so sorry. I got frustrated and that just came out. You're right. I don't want to punish you. I want to figure out what's going on. Literally, like, these are conversations we have in my house because even though I teach this stuff, it still comes out sometimes because again, this is how we were raised. It is so ingrained in me sometimes to respond that way, to make empty threats, to want to, we're not going to do this unless, right? But I stop myself because it matters so much to me and I know Punishments aren't effective in the long run. I want my kids to get that foundation that they need so that whatever is going on underneath the behavior actually gets taken care of. Circle of Security Parenting has this amazing analogy where they talk about punishment is like spraying the smoke alarm with the fire extinguisher, right? So we are just responding to the behavior. And I would argue you could say rewards are the same, right? We are just responding to the behavior. But what's causing that smoke alarm to go off? A fire somewhere. We might not know where it is, but that fire is causing smoke, which is causing the smoke alarm to go off. What happens if you spray the smoke alarm? Absolutely nothing, right? Nothing. Maybe in that moment, you... Get rid of some of the smoke that is immediately in front of you and you think, oh, okay, I'm doing something. But the truth of the matter is there's a fire smoldering somewhere and it's only going to keep smoldering and get bigger and bigger until it takes over if we don't respond to it. So dealing with just the behavior, especially through punishments that cause shame and erode connection is not effective. Punishments don't work not in the long term, not when we're talking about lasting behavior change as the goal. And I would argue that in the rare cases where punishments do work to completely extinguish a behavior, my question would be at what cost? At what cost to that child's self-concept? At what cost to that child's ability to regulate emotions? Because again, If our goal is just to extinguish one behavior and we don't care if other behaviors pop up or if we don't care that our child actually learns to regulate their emotions, if we don't care that we build a connection with our child, if we don't care about those things, yeah, maybe we could say that punishments are short-term effective, but I don't think that's what any of us here listening to this podcast are going for, right? So we need to think about what is the long game here? And stop just thinking about the moment. Because I think when we use punishments, it's because we are overwhelmed. We feel out of control. We don't know what else to do. Maybe we're a little desperate because we're so frustrated with that behavior. I know for me, that's when it comes up. When I feel that urge to be like, no screen time. That is when I'm feeling out of control, ineffective as a parent and unsteady, not on steady footing, not confident. So take a moment. And step back into your power as a parent. And I don't mean power as a power over sort of dynamic. I mean power as you've got this. You know what you're looking for long term and you know how to get there. And the third reason that I don't recommend that parents use punishments is simply that punishments, I do not believe punishments feel good for the parent giving them. We've talked about how they don't feel good for kids. We've talked about how they create so much shame for kids. But we have not talked about how they feel for you. Think about it. If you've ever punished your child, how did that feel for you? I know for a lot of people who grew up being spanked, they would say, my parent would always tell me this hurts me more than it hurts you. I don't know that I agree that that's objectively true, but I do think the part about it being painful for the parent is true I think a lot of parents who spanked in previous generations didn't know there was another way they thought that was the best way to deal with behavior they thought that's what they were supposed to do and now we know that spanking is associated with all kinds of negative outcomes for kids and so we get that there are better ways to do things but if you don't know a better way, and you feel desperate to get your child to stop doing a behavior that feels like it's undesirable, unsafe, etc. you are going to feel like your only option is punishment, but that's not going to feel good. I don't think we ever feel like, wow, I'm a really effective parent. I just sent that crying child to time out. I just spanked my kid. I feel really good about myself. I mean, really, really reflect. Even if you're not spanking or sending your kid to time out, but you're threatening to take away screen time or whatever it is, does that feel good? Do you really feel effective and confident in that moment? I would argue that you don't. I know I don't. So if we're looking to parent in a way that feels good for us and for our kids, then punishments really don't fit into that picture. And we've got to find a better way and here's the thing parenting without punishments is a commitment it's a big shift it's not like there's a quick fix oh well instead of time out you just do this other really quick thing it's not like that it's a thousand tiny interactions where you're building connection it's getting curious it's reparenting ourselves and healing our own childhood wounds this is hard work y'all It's not easy to parent differently and it is not easy to drop punishments. But I would argue a thousand times over that it is always, always worth it. So you've got this. You can do this. If you are using punishments and you want to stop, you've got this. And remember that you can go to RaisedResilient.com forward slash coaching and book a session with me. I would be happy to walk you through a game plan to drop the punishments if you're struggling with that so reach out if you need help i hope this episode was helpful i'm glad that i finally explicitly was able to do an episode on punishments and until next time we've got this i so appreciate you listening and being here it really means the world to me and if you are enjoying this podcast leave a review and share with someone who could use this message i really and truly believe that this is how we change the world we spread the word about raising resilient kids about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got